Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, kind of our pre-Veterans Day uh, address here today on the program. We're going to get a little military here. We're also going to talk about a good way to defend our faith in the public square, a good news story coming out of Bakersfield that you're really going to love, especially because it involves a bakery, and it involves the same tactic that the left tries to use over and over and over again against people of faith. So we, we have some good news. First and foremost, though, I want to start with a story um, that I really wish we didn't have to do. But I want to, you know, walk through it here because we just finished Pastor Appreciation Month. You know, men and women who work in pastoral ministry spend so much time working for uh, next to nothing. Uh, in many cases, I know there are some mega churches, you know, where pastors make a good wage and there's a good chance if you go to a big church, they got a big budget and they can handle a big staff. I mean, that's that makes sense. But, you know, it's interesting when something like this, what I'm about to share with you here happens. It's an analysis, balance and clarity story. People are forever pointing the finger at churches that live extravagant lifestyles. The pastor gets paid well. The first lady of the church gets paid well, you know, and they'll say, well, see, you're just doing this for the money. And, you know, let's be honest. There are some people who do get involved in ministry for money. I mean, they get involved in ministry for all the wrong reasons. It's, uh, I remember talking to a pastor, a very well-known pastor who has had his own share of problems. Uh, this was years ago, uh, probably 2004, at a youth conference and had an impromptu interview with Ted Haggard, of all people. And he was telling uh, J- Dr. Jim Burns and me how they handled staffing issues at their church. And he said, look, when it comes to youth workers, we know a lot of youth workers get into youth ministry because they are kind of emotionally lacking something. And, and, they, and they, they love the fact that the kids are there and they love God and they love the youth workers. And he says, I'm not here for someone to get their emotional love needs met by working in youth ministry. I thought it was so interesting that he said that because less than a year later, he was being brought up on charges of having inappropriate relationships. So, I mean, it's, you know, there but for the grace of God. And that's all I can say to that. But this story here, I mean, if we in the body of Christ do not call out these types of things and call sins and and, and look for, you know, the, the, the proper uh, restoration and uh, retribution, if you will, for uh, people in the, ministry that engage in this, then we're really not helping the cause of Christ. I mean, God is a God of justice. And, you know, just because we treat people badly doesn't mean that God's justice scale ever turns sideways. A prominent minister in the state of Louisiana, a man by the name of the Reverend Charles Southall III, pastor of First Emmanuel Baptist Church in New Orleans and Baton Rouge, Rouge, has pled guilty. And I'm grateful for our friends at the Christian Post. Uh, Sidebar. Do you get tired of the fact, I mean, grammatically, it sounds like pled guilty is better than pleaded guilty. I've never understood why pleaded would replace pled. Anyway, so thank you, writers at the Christian Post, for referring to this case as pled guilty. He pled guilty to one count of money laundering before a U.S. district judge in the Eastern District of Louisiana. According to the U.S. Department of Justice, South Hall, quote, defrauded the First Evangelical, uh, First Emmanuel Baptist Church and some of its members in several ways. How is that, by the way? Well, the total tally is nearly $900,000. He might wind up facing a decade in prison. Here's what the Justice Department says. They say that he used donations and tithes for personal expenses. That apparently the church owned some rental properties, 
and there were some also affiliated ministries, housing ministries, that own, they own the properties for them. And he diverted the funds from financial accounts for the Spirit of Excellence Academy for his own personal use. Apparently, something like $150,000 of that, of the defrauded money, came from that. According to the Justice Department statement, in total, Southall, the pastor, improperly caused approximately $537,000 in change of profit from the sale of church-owned real properties located on, they list the names of the streets, and diverted those to his benefit improperly and without authorization. Between September 2013 and September 2017, he improperly caused approximately $85,000 more of funds to be paid by a person who they don't mention in the thing. They call the person Person A. Uh, by the Spirit of Excellence Academy to then be deferred into an account that would go for the pastor's personal use. Now, here's what happened. They started a charter school, Spirit of Excellence Academy, out of the church, and they received grant funding to launch a similar school in Baton Rouge. So they started one in New Orleans, and in 2013, they got a grant from the federal government, and they were going to open up the school. Fine. Um, here's the thing. The school in Baton Rouge never opened. And so here's the thing. Since the school never opened... Under Louisiana state law, charter school board members are prohibited from receiving compensation for providing services to the school other than reimbursements or expenses anyway. So you have to ask the question, well, what expenses would you have incurred potentially, and there might have been some, if the school never opened? The Justice Department estimates that Reverend Southall obtained approximately $889,565.86 due to his fraudulent schemes. Now, it's interesting because the sentencing is supposed to take place in January. He faces 10 years, up to 10 years in prison. Uh, he might have three years of supervised release. Max fine, $250,000. A special assessment fee of $100. Here's the thing, though. Reverend Southall addresses his legal situation in a video that he posted to his social media account last week. And he disputed some of the reporting on the plea agreement. He says, look, this was not money laundering. It was something that went against banking laws because they said it was illegal for me to move money from an account that I have to another account that I have. The plea was basically all that I had to go forth with the judge. The judge accepted it and was called a plea deal simply because they had a whole other list of charges that were going away, quite frankly, because it's untrue. The pastor said, Basically, what happened was this, according to the law, I did some things illegally. I'm very remorseful for those errors. But I've accepted the responsibility that they said when I moved the money from an account that I have to an account that I have, that it was wrong. I didn't think it was. But apparently, it's against federal banking laws, and I'm sorry for whatever I may have done that caused me to be in this position. Well, you know, it'll be very interesting to see. Um, Here's the, the charge that actually got the Fed's attention. In uh, March of 2020, actually. In September, he was charged with this. Basically, money laundering. He took money from a personal investment account. And I guess it was church investment that went into it as well. Um, $100,000 worth. According to the Bill of Information, he also was to forfeit a 2017 Mercedes-Benz and $100,000 in proceeds contained in a J.P. Morgan investment held in his name. 
Now, I'll tell you what here. I mean, again, first of all, I appreciate the fact that the pastor is acknowledging that he said, look, I thought it was perfectly legal. I didn't realize it was. I violated some banking laws. Please pray for me and my family. I have to do this. Um, Secondly, take into consideration the fact, too, that when it comes down to it, he's paying restitution to the Spirit of Excellence Academy. $85,000 and change of that. Another $687,000 back to the church. $10,000 to another person who was apparently swindled in this deal. And $106,000 to a second unnamed victim. Now, I've got to ask the question. If the pastor says, look, all I'm guilty of is transferring money from one account to another. The banking laws say that I can't do this. I thought I could. But I would like to know, quite frankly, I think it's a fair question to ask, why there were $687,000 of church money that somehow wound up in the pastor's personal account. Why there was $85,000 of school money that wound up in the pastor's account. Why $106,000 in change from a second victim and $10,000 from a first. Uh, Something tells me, I mean, I get it. If you check the wrong box on a form, if you are, uh, this happens in the the case of, uh, what are they called? Um, uh, when there's a beneficiary, when someone leaves a, an estate gift, that's what I was thinking of, to a church. And the estate gift is rather significant. Somebody, you know, leaves there. We, we had a situation at my former church where a woman who had been involved in our uh, ministry for uh, cooking and things like that, L- loved to come and bake and do things at the holiday, stuff like that. She wasn't even really an active member of the church, but she really was blessed by the number of people who took her in, welcomed her while she was part of this. Our church had kind of an old uh, fellowship hall and a kind of a small-ish kitchen. It wasn't really huge. And she had a piece of property. And the piece of property uh, was, this was in the, uh, the, during the Great Recession, right? Her son contacted us and said, hey, I just want to let you know my mom passed away. She really loved being a part of the church. She had this piece of property and she left it to four different organizations. And you guys were one of them. Oh, that's really cool. So uh, we found out, you know, got the real estate agent. They put that, it was a a property, uh, like a rental property, something like that. Put it up for sale. We thought, you know, based back in 2009 or whenever this happened, that with the real estate market being kind of in the toilet, that it would be a relatively small gift. It turned out that they wound up selling it for a profit of $600,000 and the church got $150,000 out of it. So her estate made a donation to the church in mom's name, and we were able to use that as seed money to completely renovate the kitchen and social hall. It was fantastic. It was just a a wonderful gift. But the money did not go to my senior pastor and to one of his personal accounts that then was kind of sitting there ready for this to happen. It went into the church's account. And so the idea that this uh, Emmanuel Baptist Church in Baton Rouge in New Orleans would actually have some rental properties. Not uh, Nothing wrong with the church owning that. But then that the rental properties would be sold and the money would wind up in the pastor's personal account. That seems a little suspicious. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, maybe the pastor knew, maybe the pastor didn't know. But I, I've got to be honest. I mean, this is one of those situations where uh, I really hope and pray that there's good counsel around our pastoral leadership. That there is a church elder board or a council or what is it my brothers in the presbyterian church they call it the session 
he's, <laughs> be honest with you, he's part of a church that has 100, maybe 150 people that worship there on a regular basis. There are 22 members of the session of my brother's church that <clears throat> get together and they make decisions on budgets. And the, there's, In other words, there's a lot of checks and balances. There's a lot of eyes uh, looking at important stuff. And quite frankly, it's, I think it's for the pastor's benefit. It can get rather touchy when you get that one stickler who says, I'm a Dave Ramsey person and we're not going to have any. De-. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I get it. You know, whether churches carry debt, whether they don't. But when it comes to creating a paper trail and having everything on the up and up, nothing is more valuable in a church than having at least a couple of people on your church council or elder board or deacons or whoever it is that are there to say, look, I'm here to be the anti-Judas. I'm the one who's going to be, you know, keeping eyes and ears on the money and make sure that we don't have even a hint of any wrongdoing here. So I, I'm grateful that the church is willing to go along with this, so that they, the, the pastor has agreed uh, to uh, basically, uh, you know, with the plea deal. And uh, I, I'm asking you, if you would, to keep uh, the First Emmanuel Baptist Church of New Orleans in their prayers and your prayers, and also the family of and the man himself, Reverend Charles Southall III, who is scheduled for sentencing in January, January 17th of next year, um, that God would be gracious to him. God would be <clears throat> merciful and that the church would learn to be a bit more accountable as a reflection of who God is and that justification. We'll put the story up at thebottomlineshow.com so you can have a look at it. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, tomorrow is Veterans Day. Today is a day for us to talk about how the military lessons that the men and women who have served us valiantly in defending our nation uh, can be actually put into practice in fighting spiritual warfare as well. Uh, Colonel David Giamona and Troy Anderson are going to join me on the other side of this break. Uh, They represent an outstanding ministry uh, called uh, Battle Ready Ministries. And David Giamona, former Army chaplain, uh, Troy, a Pulitzer Prize-nominated investigative journalist. They've got a brand-new book out to help us in these strategic times called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Troy and David joining me next as The Bottom Line continues. Don't overpay on interest and fees by going with the wrong lender. Newport Bay Mortgage won't charge you points on your reverse mortgage wherever it is possible for them to do so. You will have peace of mind with the possibility of having additional cash to draw from to pay for unexpected expenses. Owner Cliff and his team do what they can to maximize the amount of cash available to you while minimizing the cost of closing. The result of having another stream of income relieves stress that you didn't even know was there. You'll save thousands by working with Newport Bay Mortgage because they avoid charging you points and they will never tack on unnecessary fees. When considering ways to relieve financial stress in, before, or for retirement, you need Newport Bay Mortgage. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse. Contact Cliff today. Call 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080, and MLS 332559. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Well, today on The Bottom Line, we're going to take a look at a very interesting new resource that I think is going to be a benefit to us, especially as we see what's happening in the world right now. And I think the overarching theme is it just seems like so many lies that have been spread in the culture are, are coming to light as what they are. And uh, it's just an opportunity for us to speak truth to power. Uh, joining me today on the program, a couple of guys who understand uh, the, the, the nature of spiritual warfare and uh, what we're actually up against in the culture right now. Uh, Troy Anderson is with us, us today here on The Bottom Line. If you're watching on My Hope Now, you can see Troy, a Pulitzer Prize-nominated investigative journalist, 
and best-selling co-author of the Babylon Code, uh, Trump Apocalypse, and the Military Guide to Armageddon. Currently serves as vice president and COO of Battle Ready Ministries, and uh, is a writer for Newsmax, Town Hall, and other media outlets as well. Uh, he is the co-author of this new book, along with uh, Colonel David uh, Giamona, who is an Army chaplain who retired in 2018 after more than 30 years of military service, is an expert in the end times, a scholar, an author, and a writer, and is the president of Battle Ready Ministries. They have a brand new resource that we're going to talk about today here on the program. It's called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. You'll see the book linked up at thebottomlineshow.com. Troy Anderson, David Giamona, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Great to be here, Roger. It's great to be here, Roger. Let's talk, first of all, talk about uh, your ministry. I mean, what you're doing here. I mean, David, of course, with your military expertise and you and Troy both kind of being uh, scholars with regard to end times. Talk about what the ministry is all about. Well, there's a lot of aspects to it. And I'll, I'll just lead off by saying that um, Battle Ready Ministries is preparing the church uh, for the end times. And uh, it's not a moment too soon because uh, as you look around, we see all the things that are happening oh, yeah. all at the same time around the world. So we're, we go to churches, conferences. Um, we started a brand new TV podcast uh, called Frontline. It just, ex- just talks about... Uh, the what's going on globally every day. And then, you know, we make sense of it through this, you know, scripture and biblical view. And then we have our books. Uh, we have uh, a great website. Uh, Troy, you want to tell them a little bit more about what's going on? Yeah. So the, the website's uh, battle-ready.org. And, you know, as the colonel mentioned, uh, you know, we've also got study guides and, and different books and then videos and you know, all, all, all kinds of different resources to help people get uh, battle ready or, you know, put on the full armor of God as we move into the end times. Yeah, it's interesting when you mention the end times, because uh, all of us appear to be somewhat contemporary, at least the equal amounts of gray, you know, in the uh, temples here in the beards. But we understand, mm-hmm. that, you know, where we are and <clears throat> thinking about those times when we were growing up, when we were kids, and we knew that the end times were coming. But we also kind of figured deep in our hearts, well, but we've got a couple of things going for us. First of all, we're in America. Nobody ever attacks America, right? <laughs> this is a Christian nation. And so we don't have to worry about that stuff. Secondly, that's all going to happen way in the future. We're going to be long gone by the time that's happening. David, it must be really interesting for you, especially with your military uh, chaplaincy experience, to, to see you know the theaters of war, the, the, the areas that you have served, and to see how things are progressing. It seems like they're progressing toward the, you know, the, the eschatology is moving a lot faster than it has in recent times. Is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, Roger, everything is moving faster. As you know, uh, human intelligence uh, is, is, you know, every, it used to be every seven years. Now it's every one year or two years. We're doubling our knowledge. Um, The world is at odds with each other. Uh, Global, the global system is coming together. Um, You know, on and on it goes. And and you're right. When we were growing up, uh, Hal Lindsey, the great great, uh, planet Earth, the late great planet Earth, and all those things were coming together at the same time. But we thought we had years. Uh, We don't have that much time. Um, And, you know, Russia's talking about nuclear war. Uh, We've just had COVID the last couple of years. We have the World Economic Forum forming a world alliance and government. you know, we have the left and the progressives in power currently in the United States. So, uh, you know, it, if you're not battle ready, if you're not really listening in on to what is really going on, it's time to do that. 
you know, we've been talking here about the end times and talking about the, the military aspect. Let's put the two together now, Troy, as we talk about the military guide to disarming deception. The goal here is not to necessarily get everybody with uh, battle rations and, you know, armed to the teeth and ready for some kind of attack that's going to you know, potentially uh, threaten our homes and our livelihood. Rather, we're talking about the, the spiritual deception that's happening right now. Uh, let, let's talk about that spiritual deception for just a moment in terms of the uh, there seems to have been a certain measure of complacency uh, that's hit the church uh, maybe in the past 15, 20 years that we're beginning to wake up and kind of wipe the cobwebs off our eyes and saying, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize the culture had moved where it was. And we haven't really been ready for these attacks. Yeah, Roger, you know, uh, well, the first chapter of the book is complacency can kill you. You know, in the military, they teach you that if you're, if you're complacent, your enemy can take you out. And so, yeah, yeah the, the, the church has been largely asleep for, for decades now. And a lot of people are starting to wake up now. Uh, but, you know, that, that's a good thing. But there's just unprecedented threats against us. And, and the key tactic the enemy is using, the key tactic Satan is using is deception. When, when the disciples asked Jesus, what will be the signs of the end of the age? The first thing he said is, watch out that no one deceives you. Right. So as we've seen the last few years, especially during this pandemic, just unprecedented levels of deception, psychological warfare, the same kind of things that the CIA and governments around the world use on other governments to weaken their militaries has now been turned on us. And so th this book is as a guide to navigate all this massive deception, especially to help parents you know, uh, help their kids navigate all the deception they're getting in school of critical race theory and the, the racism and, you know, the whole woke culture and cancel culture and all these different things. So we're, we're just getting bombarded with massive deception today. And so that's why we wrote this book. You know, David, it's interesting, as, as Troy was talking about the, de the deception in every different area of life, it seems like there's a term that uh, seems to become more popular uh, day by day in the culture, the term of gaslighting, you know, where <laughs> the idea that someone would take something that wasn't true or maybe half true and then try to convince you that you're the one who doesn't know the truth and we as christians actually do talk about uh, some military tactics that you've seen that are actually good for preparing because it used to be in the u.s okay if i'm a parent i've got kids i'm going to make sure that they're going to a christian school that we've got a solid church that we've got a lot of christian families around us and that's going to be enough it seems like Nowadays, families need more weapons, if you will, to fight in this battle. Yeah, as the government weaponizes its directorates, like the FBI, the CIA, and all these other agencies, uh, parents need to weaponize themselves and their kids against these deceptions. And in the military, for many, many years, I mean, Sun Tzu, who we studied in the Army War College, said all, mil all warfare is deception. It's based on deception. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, our enemy, the enemy of our soul, you know, everybody thinks it's Joe Biden or it's a government or anything else. But really behind the curtain is, you know, Satan and his minions. And they are knowing that their time is short. They're doing all they can and pulling out all the stops. So deception is rampant, not just the United States, but around the world. We're seeing uh, all kinds of deception in the government and education. I mean, people don't even know what gender they are or how many genders yeah. there are. They asked right. Joe Biden uh, you know, a couple like last year or so, he didn't know uh, how many gen. I mean, come on, it doesn't take a rocket scientist. There's two genders. There's a right. man and a woman. Okay, right. uh, and I don't need to get a PhD in gender studies, 
But those are tactics that uh, Satan is using, and we've used in warfare for many, many years. You know, uh, we don't want to give the enemy our position. We don't want to give him our numbers with our strength and what our tactics are. And that's what we're trying to find out about the enemies out there. What are their strengths, their tactics, and how do we navigate against them? And that's why Troy and I wrote the book. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception is the name of the book written by David Giamona and Troy Anderson. Uh, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth is the subtitle. And if you've ever, maybe I should rephrase it, if you've never considered your walk with the Lord to be a spiritual battle or an engagement in spiritual warfare, well, let this be a wake-up call. And congratulations, you've now really been recruited into the Army that you've already been drafted into. But the good news is, when you put these types of uh, tactics to use, you will see successes. And the name of the game is not to unelect a president or elect somebody else, but rather to take a look at who is the father of the lies behind all the people who are making these declarations and, and really have a, a certainty that the footing upon which you stand really is, in fact, solid ground. Uh, Colonel David Giamona, Troy Anderson, uh, joining me today here on The Bottom Line to talk about their brand new book called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. We're going to talk about how we personally are attacked in the culture and the, the, the weapons of warfare that we can use to stand up to these deceptions. We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. Stephanie Cover puts her client's total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well-positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. This is the time where we get to just kind of duck in here at the midpoint of our conversation today, uh, talking with Colonel David Giamona and also Troy Anderson about their brand new book called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception. We've got a link for it up at thebottomlineshow.com. And with tomorrow being Veterans Day, I wanted to give you a, a chance to get a copy of this book. We do have one that we're giving away. And since you're listening to the first half hour, this is the place where I come in and say, hey, if you want to get in line first... Give us a call, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line. These are battlefield tactics to expose the enemy's lies and triumph in truth. And if you have military background, or even if you don't, this is a chance to put these military practices uh, in into practice against the enemy. I mean, we're talking about the greatest battlefield of all time, and that is the battlefield for the heart, soul, and mind. It's the spiritual warfare. Scripture tells us that our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's against principalities. It, it's against good versus evil is really what the battle boils down to in this book. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception will help you. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. More of my conversation with David Giamona and Troy Anderson next as the bottom line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today. 
Wilson Financial Services, honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. 800-696-9970. Just reviewed a client who put money into 3D Alternative versus leaving it in a bank. The results are in and they're fun. It's a fun report. Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. I often wonder why God's people don't do a better job with stewarding God's money. And I personally think one of them is that they've never been told how or why they should be doing it. Maybe they never heard it's God's money and we're only to be the good stewards of it. But just for fun, this turned out Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. This isn't your money. This is God's money. And we want to show you how to be the best possible steward you can be. Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Colonel David Giamona, Troy Anderson, joining me today here on The Bottom Line to have a conversation about their brand new book that I highly recommend. Uh, two thumbs way up from me. It's called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And if you're watching the video right now at myhopenow.com, you see that uh, these guys have some pretty savvy camera skills as well. David, at the, the start of our conversation in the first segment, you mentioned a new podcast that you guys are launching here. Tell us about Frontline. Yes, it's called Frontline, and it's on our Battle Ready Network. So if you can go to YouTube, and Troy will give you the details here in just a moment. Uh, and his wife, Irene, is our producer. But uh, we're talking about global events that uh, relate to the end times. And we're inviting special guests. We have Pastor Coco Perez uh, on the team with us and Troy and myself. And we outline all the things, uh, you know, the temple in Jerusalem, what's going on in Russia, all the latest events are going on. We, we get to it, we get to the scripture, and we tell you how to navigate it. Troy, um, tell them how to get there. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're, we're also uh, beginning to do interviews with all kinds of, you know, faith leaders, political leaders, military leaders. Uh, you People can go to battlereadynetwork.com or uh, battle-ready.org. And uh, on, on YouTube, you just search for Battle Ready Network or Prophecy Investigators or uh, uh, Battle Ready Ministries. Those three different uh, YouTube channels where we're uh, running front line. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, well, we'll make sure that that is linked up at thebottomlineshow.com as well, so our listeners can uh, take advantage of it. I should say our viewers as well here at myhotenow.com can also Mm -hmm. take advantage of that new podcast. Uh, The new book is called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumphant Truth. And we've got a link to that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Before the break, guys, we were talking about the fact that you have outlined uh, so very carefully for us uh, where these deceptions lie. I mean, the fact that there's a a spiritual deception in the world and the complacency of the church has kind of been aiding and abetting that to spread. And then the deceptions of the world system. And I'm, I'm grateful, uh, David, you mentioned uh, that, you know, where sometimes we'll get frustrated with one p- particular political figure and we'll miss the fact that there's a whole system behind all that. And these people are just, they're different parts, and they're puppets, and they're kind of interchangeable. It all really boils down to, at the end of the day, when the role is called up yonder, as the old hymn says, uh, each of us has to give an account to God for our lives and what we did and what we didn't do in the face of spiritual temptation and temporal temptations, things of that nature. Uh, The last part of the book, you focus on the deceptions that can affect us personally. Uh, Talk about how we can, and I'll I'll throw this to you first, David, how you can... uh, uh, how, how, what we could do, some practical steps that we could do in our families, regardless of how old we are, how many kids we do or don't have, uh, how long we've been walking with the Lord, we're all potentially targets for personal deception. What can we do to fight against it? 
Yeah, you know, uh, in a military, uh, we have AAR meetings every day after a battle or a training scenario. And the AAR is an active action review. So the commander wants to know, what did we do right today? What did not go well? And what should we sustain? You know, what should we keep doing? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. If we take that into our own lives, it's very, very helpful. Every day at the end of the day, or even in the morning, but at the end of the day, especially, look back at the day. What went well? What do you thought? Where, where was God interfacing in your life? And what was going on that you thought, hey, this is really good? What didn't go so well? Maybe some lies I told or, you know, untruth, half-truths, uh, you know, things that just spiritually didn't go well. And then what am I going to do about it? What do I sustain? How do I keep one the good things going and how do I eliminate those negatives? It's all about getting back into the reading of the word. It's all about weaponizing ourselves with prayer. Prayer is a very powerful weapon. The word of God is a powerful weapon. Yes. And every morning and every night, man, and throughout the day, we should be connecting with those weapons of our warfare. And if we're not using them, we're going to be swept away in deception. And I, I know Troy has another piece of that, but that was part of it anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Troy, go ahead. Yeah, so, I mean, one of the key things that you know, I learned in my walk with the Lord is that you know, spending time regularly in, in prayer and Bible reading and, and spending time for your family, uh, you know, prayer and Bible reading, joining a, a small group and just really delving into the word of God, drawing close to the Lord, putting on the full armor of God. You know, the sword of the spirit is, is the word of God. And as you as you delve into the Bible, the Lord transforms your life in your mind that uh, like six years ago my wife suggested i started keeping a log of things that seemed supernatural or miraculous in our lives and it's now grown to 175 pages oh like my. 160 entries of just miracle after miracle and wow. it's from little things to big things and so it's a gigantic faith builder to keep a like a prayer journal of how god intervenes in our lives so that's that's the key to navigating this new world is to you know to walk in the supernatural power protection and provision of the holy that's the key to you know, moving through the end times and helping your family and, and you make it to heaven one day. I'm talking with uh, Troy Anderson and Colonel David Giamona today here on the bottom line, the uh, president and vice president, respectively, of Battle Ready Ministries, if I got those titles right. We've got their link for their website up at the bottom line show.com. And David, we were, as we've been talking about the end times and how they are so real. And I wonder how many people, obviously, when you've been a chaplain in the army, if you did serve for 32 years, the idea that uh, you know the people are are in warfare there. You see the weapons, you see the casualties, you see the uh, the imprint that it makes. In spiritual warfare, uh, the wounds don't always you know come with bruising and blood, and you know we don't see the death and destruction around us quite as regularly. Uh, talk about how having this kind of battle ready mindset is more than just saying we, we're trying to defend our nation from you know the evils of of. The spiritual warfare attacks on you know the american experiment but rather this is way this is kingdom stuff we're talking about here and 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 it's important for us to be ready to fight with uh, you know the the battle that's not against flesh and blood but it's against uh, principalities yes when i go when i went to war uh you know you saw the casualties as you said roger and you saw the devastation the destruction and I, and I thought at that time, and that's one of the reasons we wrote the first book, The Military Guide to Armageddon, the church is not ready to see this kind of stuff. Right. And, you know, of course, you say in America, we'll never see it. But, you know, I'm not so sure about that anymore. Um, you know, uh, judgment of God is on America. He's given us poor leadership. There's all kinds of things going on. So we have to be battle ready in the sense of the supernatural. You know, the natural is one thing, yeah. and it's horrific, but the supernatural is 
even more horrific and the consequences are eternal. So, you know, we're talking about our souls at warfare here and the balance of eternity weighing um, and where are you going to end up? The, the most important thing that we need to get out to people, we're the watchmen, we're on the wall. We're telling people, hey, the enemy is here. It's coming. It's all around us. And becoming battle ready is not being a warrior in the physical sense. We're talking about the supernatural Amen. and the spiritual sense to get our hearts ready. Get, you know, go back into the word of God, Ephesians chapter six, put on the full armor of God and get ready for the day. So every morning we need to get up and we need to say, okay, it's time to get battle up, get battle ready. And what do I need to do? Put on the armor of God, the word of God, the wisdom of God, the supernatural uh, power and provision of the Holy Spirit in my life. And let's go to war because we are, there's no neutral ground here, Raj. It's, you know, it's either you're <laughs> going true. to hell or you're going to heaven. And that's the, you know, the bottom line up front. Troy, Anderson, take the uh, the last couple of moments of our time together here and talk about the, some moving forward points, because the, the I love the title and I don't want anyone to miss this part of it. This is uh, the military guide to disarming deception. The whole idea here is that we're not sometimes I think we think of the the full armor of God in Ephesians six and we think, well, that's so we could withstand the attack. But rather, you guys are talking about more than just withstanding it, but actually disarming it. Uh, talk about how this book can be practical for anybody at any season of life in their faith. So, so, you know, if you go through the Bible, you see all these stories of sort of ordinary people that God uses it in extraordinary ways. You right. know, you think about, uh, you know, Gideon and, and Joseph and, and Moses and just all these incredible characters in the Bible. And the key thing is that God intervenes. He, he, he performs miracles. He gets you through tough situations. Yes. Uh, he pro promises to protect us and guide us, provide for us. And so as you draw, draw close to the Lord, especially as all these crazy things are going on in the world, Russia's threat of nuclear war, soaring inflation, gas prices, just the, you know, all the corruption we see. It's just, it's very, very important to draw close to the Holy Spirit and God and, and ask him to help you, you know, navigate all this. So that, that's why I wrote this book. You know, this is the most exciting time in history to be a believer. You know, God has put all of us here at this time as, as we're watching these end time events unfold. Lifeway poll that said nine and 10 pastors now see signs of the end times and current mm -hmm. events. So it, it's widespread that, uh, you know, many, I've done hundreds of interviews from Billy Graham to major faith leaders, even secular experts and overwhelming consensus as they believe this is most likely we're moving into that period of time. So what, what is the assignment that God has for you? What is the mission he has for you, your destiny? And uh, these books will help you, you know, find that destiny and, and join, join the army of God and be a soldier for Christ and, and help spread the good news. I love it. Well, the military guide to disarming deception, battlefield tactics to expose the enemy's lies and triumph in truth is up at thebottomlineshow.com. The authors of this book, Colonel David Giamona and author uh, Pulitzer Prize nominated journalist Troy Anderson, I've done an outstanding work in not only uh, explaining what's happening in the culture, but showing us how we can not only withstand the attack, but disarm the deception. And that is so essential uh, for us as we share our witness, especially against the backdrop of people who don't necessarily think they want to hear it, but everybody needs that good news. Uh, David, Troy, great to ca catch up with you and actually have you both on the program at the same time. Uh, thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line Show. Blessings. 
Yeah. God God bless you. Great resource and a great conversation today here on this Veterans Day Eve here on the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. My thanks again to Colonel David Giamona and Troy Anderson for joining me here for a conversation about their new book called The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. We do have a copy of the book to give away. We're giving it away right now. 800-227-5278, that's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Boy, you want to talk about tactics and deceptive uh, uh, you know, ordinances and things that the enemy will use. We're going to take a quick break, and when we continue, uh, there's a bakery in Bakersfield, good name for it, that has been under attack because of one of the tactics that the enemy has used in the spiritual warfare battle here in the U.S., and that is uh, the same-sex, quote-unquote, same-sex, quote-unquote, marriage debate uh, with a couple of women or a couple of guys coming into a photographer or a florist or a bakery and saying, hey, we definitely want to have um, this, this conversation. Uh, on the other side of this break, Paul Jonah is going to join me from uh, uh, the Thomas More Society and Lamandry and Jonah. We have a case involving a place called Tastries Bakeries in uh, Bakersfield. And this is a, uh, an opportunity for us to uh, take a look at faith in action and how do you fight the good fight of faith um, and disarm the deception of the enemy, a victorious situation in Bakersfield. Paul Jonah is going to give us all the details on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Well, special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line as we take a look at uh, a good news story, uh, one that is uh, has been going on for about five years. And for all the times that we've looked at Christian businesses that have been put upon by the culture because of their desire to honor biblical values, uh, it's nice to actually see a sister in Christ, in this case, win in court. And uh, joining me today uh, here on The Bottom Line show is Paul Jonah, who's a partner with Lamandria Jonah LLP, uh, legal representation uh, for this case that involves uh, Kathy Miller and the Tasty's Bakery in uh, Bakersfield, California. Paul, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Great to be with you, Roger. Thank you for having me. Well, and congratulations on this victory in court here, because you know, for all the times we hear about the Jack Phillipses, the Baronel Stutzmans, who wind up having their bakery or their their floral arrangement shop uh, put under the microscope by secular America, and then wind up losing businesses or licenses or things of that nature. In the case of Tasty's Bakery, we actually have a victory to celebrate. Kind of set the table for us, if you will, and what the case was about. Sure. Yeah, so obviously we give all thanks and glory to God, but the uh, result was truly, um, yeah, as good as we could have hoped. But basically, Kathy Miller is a devout Christian in Bakersfield who runs a small bakery called Tasty's, and um, she there are lots of cakes that she won't make, and she makes it very clear in her design standards. She won't make gory cakes. She won't make cakes with nude body parts. And believe it or not, people ask for these things, for bachelor mm. parties, bachelorette parties. Mm-hmm. She won't make a divorce cake, I mean, for someone, and people ask for those. And so, But, of course, um, as a devout Christian, she believes that marriage is a sacrament um, instituted by God between one man and one woman, a lifelong union. And so she uh, does not feel comfortable celebrating any... Um, any uh, marriage involving, you know, same-sex unions. And so uh, she's respectfully and kindly declined those orders in the past, referred them to other bakeries. But, of course, she happily serves gay and lesbian customers for all kinds of other cakes and, and mm-hmm. products, um, and she employs them as well. And so she, she's a friendly and loving person, but she does not want to participate in celebrating same-sex union because these cakes are not just, you know, 
products that come out of the oven and just get, go right, right on the shelf. She spends a lot of time decorating and designing these cakes, and um, they are artistic expressions. And, and fortunately, the court agreed that she should not be required to do this. And I can explain a little bit about how that case went, but that's ultimately the, the court found in her favor. Yeah, I'm talking with Paul Jonah today here on The Bottom Line, who is legal counsel for uh, Kathy Miller and the Taste Trees Bakery. I think I'd better have said Tasty, but Taste Trees Bakery in Bakersfield, uh, which was uh, being brought under the legal microscope over the uh, uh, the request from a couple of women who were choosing to get, quote-unquote, married and wanted her to do a cake. And I, I know in, in meeting Jack Phillips and him talking about what it was like for him at Masterpiece Cake Shop, Paul, uh, the fact that he said, look, you know, the cake's the cake. It's the way it's decorated, the artistry that makes it the wedding cake or the birthday cake or the whatever. And when a Christian artist says, look, I'm not going to do a demon for Halloween. I'm not going to do a body part for God knows whatever reasons people would want to. Or I'm going to do things that, that honor my creator and honor my faith. It's amazing how the Supreme Court got this 7-2, to two, but it seems like um, here in the People's Republic of California that, that there were some uh, who were part of the Bakersfield legal world that said, oh, no, you can't do that because basically this same-sex couple should have the right to get what they want. Talk about the fact that Kathy was such an accommodating person in terms of she didn't turn business away, she didn't turn employees away if they were part of the LGBTQ community, but it's in the artistry of what she was doing where she said, look, this is where I glorify God, this is what we're celebrating. To you, it might just be a cake, but to my deeply and sincerely held religious beliefs, Wedding receptions play a huge part in the wedding ceremony, going back to the wedding at Cana and Jesus turning water into wine, for crying out loud. Right. Well, just to clarify one thing, the Supreme Court, even though they ruled in favor of Jack Phillips, they didn't really reach the core legal issue, which is why this case was lingering. The Good point. The First Amendment issue in, um, in Jack Phillips' case was kind of resolved based on the hostility of the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. So they kind okay. of left open this free speech issue. But anyway... Um, you're right. So, Kathy, and, but there is another case at the Supreme Court pending right now called 303 Creative, which will be argued next month, which should involve a web design company, which hopefully should put this issue to rest at the Supreme Court level. But with respect to Kathy, um, yeah, I mean, it's not just making the cake. The whole process of preparing and, and, um, and sort of going through with the couple the meaning of a wedding cake. And she goes through the symbolism going back to ancient times with the different layers and what that symbolizes and feeding, you know, giving each other, um, you know, feeding each other the cake after it's mm -hmm. cut and cutting the cake, what that symbolizes. She actually has a packet and wow. she has uh, verses from the Bible. And it's just like, this is not just something she started after this cake. And that's how mm -hmm. she, this is a bakery she opened to honor God. And so she, if you walk in the bakery, there's Christian music playing, there's Christian art for sale, there's um, all kinds of, um, you can just tell, this is a woman who loves the Lord and uh, and loves all of her customers. And like I said, she has very good relationships with the LGBT community, not just employing them, but serving them for all kinds of other things. But when it comes to the, to the wedding, you know, she says, she and she was always respectful, and in the past, no one ever had a problem with this arrangement. They were perfectly fine to have, you know, be referred to another bakery that's actually owned by another um, LGBT um, member of the community there. And she, you know, that referral arrangement worked just fine. But for this couple, it seemed as though initially from our client's perspective that she was kind of being targeted by this couple because mm. they wanted her to make the cake and they kind of knew where she stood on this issue. And obviously they ended up getting the cake. They ended up, you know, being 
offered free cakes and free photography after this all surfaced, but that wasn't what this case was about. The state of California actually pursued this case, not the couple, and they wanted the devout Christian to make the cake. It wasn't enough that they were able to get it elsewhere. They wanted Kathy Miller to make the cake. I'm glad you brought that up, Paul Jonah. Paul is the uh, legal counsel with uh, Lamandry and Jonah in the San Diego area and has handled a lot of great uh, religious liberty cases we've been able to spotlight here on the Bottom Line Show. In the case of Kathy Miller and Tastry's Bakery in Bakersfield, uh, prevailing uh, in the court, uh, even after 2018, a Superior Court justice rejected the state's claim. Uh, they said, look, her decision is based on the First Amendment. And I'm glad you brought up, Paul, the fact that she has a network of people who are willing to accommodate these two women. I mean, the fact it's not like, you know, that oftentimes the media gives us the impression there's a door slammed to the face and angry confrontation and, you know, a bunch of Christians out with signs and torches and all that stuff, you know, really going after these two gals. But the reality is they wound up getting what they wanted ultimately. But I, I can't underscore this enough. It was the state that pursued the legal charges. The state has now lost in the Superior Court. And the state, how far did this go? Is this California State Supreme Court, Ninth Circuit Court? Who was actually handing down the ruling? Well, this could actually, this, this case triggers all kinds of constitutional provisions, state and federal. So, if, if, you know, ultimately it could go to the U.S. Supreme Court. I don't think that'll happen because I think they're going to resolve this issue for everybody pretty soon. But uh, this is a state court um, in, in Bakersfield, Kern County, California. If they, the next level would be the California Court of Appeal, and if it gets appealed beyond that, it would be the California Supreme Court. And then after that ruling, we could go directly to the U.S. Supreme Court because the federal constitution is triggered here. But I, I don't know if it's going to go that far. I kind of think this court, this judge did such a great job. This case went to trial, by the way. It wasn't just a ruling on a motion. Mm-hmm. This is a, a, a week-long bench trial that um, our firm – and by the way, I should also say it's not just Lamandry and Jonah. That is the name of our law firm, but we're special counsel for the Thomas More Society oh, yes. in Chicago, national public interest law firm that, that um, really put together the funding for this case that, so we were able to represent Kathy – and Mike and Tastry's uh, pro bono, but um, yeah. So, so um, I forgot if I was answering your question. But basically, the I don't think it would be smart for them to to necessarily appeal. It'll create you know law that I think will be unfavorable for the state in future cases. But obviously, we'd be happy to defend this case on appeal. The judge had a comprehensive 18-page ruling covering all the issues very well, and um, we're we're very satisfied with the opinion. Well, this is good to hear, Paul Jonah, because uh, oftentimes, like you said, in the case of Jack Phillips earlier, that was a little more provisional. It wasn't quite the blanket-sweeping victory that I think a lot of uh, believers were hoping for. And again, we don't put our hope in the legal system necessarily, but we do understand. I mean, it's important for our listeners to hear. The state of California pursued the charges, not the two women. And the state of California has now lost twice in court, including a trial. So the, the question is, how much more pain do they want to inflict upon themselves? And there go those of us in the body of Christ who live in the People's Republic of California, or will they just learn to kind of lay it down? Well, Paul, you did a great job, obviously, articulating with our listeners what happened and also a great job in trial as well. Thank you so much for the work that you do. And we'll put a link for this article up at thebottomlineshow.com so our listeners can uh, learn more about the case. But Paul Jonah, thank you so much for being with us today to discuss this important victory at Tastry's Bakery in Bakersfield here on The Bottom Line. My pleasure. Thanks, Roger. Well, a great conversation with Paul Jonah today here on The Bottom Line Show and a wonderful uh, congratulatory uh, day indeed uh, for Catherine Miller and uh, Tastry's 
Bakery in Bakersfield. Uh, congratulations on the victorious uh, effort in prevailing in the court. And uh, we'll, we'll see, of course, it's going to go to appeal. And we'll keep in touch with Paul Jonah and the folks at Thomas More Society on what's going to happen there. Speaking of which, I, mean, I just want to give you a quick little uh, push once again for the resource that we're giving away for the rest of this half hour. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph and Truth by Colonel David Giamona and Troy Anderson. We've got a copy to give away right now, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. Get you, number to get you through to the bottom line. All right, pre-born uh, bot number two for Monday the 14th. Over the weekend, I did a little math, and I want to thank you as a bottom-line listener for the way that you have stepped up to help our friends at Preborn save babies' lives. Now, when we started this campaign back in the first part of October, our goal was to save 400 children by Christmas Day, and you have stepped up in a huge way. But I didn't think that we would also have the opportunity to provide that kind of sponsorship and put an ultrasound machine in. An ultrasound machine lasts about 10 years. It provides 250 ultrasounds per year, which means it's going to save about 2,500 babies' lives over the course of that 10-year period. Ultrasound machine costs $15,000. So far, because of your generosity, you've helped us raise enough money to place an ultrasound machine in a preborn clinic and have provided ultrasounds for 229 kids. We're about 171 away from that stated goal, and I know we can do it. Can you give a $280 donation right now to save 10 more babies' lives? 833-850-BABY is the number to call or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the preborn banner. Go to thebottomlineshow.com, go to rogermarsh.com, click on the preborn banner. It takes about 30 seconds to save the life of a baby. Go to preborn and save babies' lives today. Well, my thanks again to Paul Jonah from Lamandria and Jonah and the Thomas More Society for joining me today here on the Bottom Line Show. Also, thanks again to uh, Colonel David Giamona, retired Army chaplain, and also Troy Anderson, uh, the great resource that they have written that is so perfect for such a time as this the military guide to disarming deception battlefield tactics to expose the enemy's lies and triumph in truth we have a link for the book up at the bottomlineshow.com and one copy of the book that we're giving away uh, you still got a minute and a half to call in uh, to get in on the drawing for that 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 the number to get you through to the bottom line give Teresa or crystal or both of them a call right now they'll be happy to take your call you know I, I the timing of this was so perfect the fact that here you have you know the deceiver trying to attack attacking a pastor in new orleans you know deceiving him with wealth and riches and 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 the co-mingling of ministry funds and he's winding up facing the potential for jail and we're, we're praying that god would be merciful to him but then the enemy also coming into the hearts of these two women who came into tastery's bakery and said we want you to celebrate our quote-unquote wedding and uh, uh catherine miller saying sorry i can't do it not because of my faith and she prevailed in court it's amazing, brothers and sisters, how when we focus the battle on where it needs to be, which is the hearts and the minds of people, the souls of people, the battle is not against principalities and, and countries. It's not about flesh and blood. It's about the principalities of darkness and the spiritual realm. When we fight God's wep with God's weapons in this war that we're called to fight in, that's where we emerge victorious. That's the good news, and that's the bottom line. For our KCBC audience, uh, the enjoy Rabbi Schneider and discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, some election postmortems with all the guys on the Crawford National Crawford Roundtable podcast. That's coming up next as the bottom line continues. <laughs> 